In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option, coming to you courtesy of Immaculata Productions. I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. If you like our work, please hit the subscribe button. Um, if you were in a position to send us a bit of help, could use Patreon or PayPal. Keep the comments coming, apart from everything else to help the algorithm. And above all, keep us in your prayers and masses. God save the king. Did you watch the coronation? Because I strongly suspect that it was heavily watched in Ireland. Um, the Irish have a funny relationship with England, specifically with England. You don't even need a visa to travel between the two countries. Yet Ireland is an independent country. Something, And, and the difference politically is all the more stark since Brexit. But yet there's so much in common. We haven't had a king in Yonks. We're celebrating, we ce we've already celebrated uh, the 100th anniversary of, of the, the setting up of the um, Irish Free State and Northern Ireland. The deal that was made with the British, the partition of the country, the semi-independence that was granted to, to, the, to, to Southern Ireland. And yet the affection, warmth, for and interest in the monarchy has never quite gone and sometimes it, it appears with a vengeance uh, actually on almost every major royal occasion because I remember clearly the wedding of Charles and Princess Diana somewhat 40 years ago and it was a major point of interest in the country I think part of the romance to royalty comes from, second of all, its association with divinity. I think especially Catholic cultures have a very special relationship with monarchy. And Catholic republics, as I've said before, tend to treat their president as if he were a king or she were a queen. It's arguable. It's a notion I have. I'm certainly quite sorry, and I said this before on the occasion of the, the Queen's funeral, the late Queen's funeral, I felt quite sorry for the Protestants over there. Dreadful papist affair to have to sit through. It's full of Catholic ritual. It's, it's full of a pageantry that I would argue is intimately associated with the old Catholic liturgy and the old Catholic royal and imperial courts. It's something to be lived up to. Will he live up to it? Does he intend to live up to it? There is no question that the new king has a very strongly spiritual nature. That was marked and indeed he was he was made to suffer for it in terms of ridicule 30 40 years ago i remember um and he would sometimes say quite beautiful things that were found to be impractical and silly and hilarious 
He wants to be a defender of all faiths. I know then he, you know, compromised and he went along with things, but he, he wants to be a defender of all faiths. And I sympathise with that, is that he wants to create a safe space, so to speak, in which one can choose to believe or not. And choosing to believe one can practice one's belief. But here's the problem, and it has been articulated far better than I can ever do by by Gavin Ashendon, who's now a Catholic, the former former uh, chaplain to Her Majesty the Queen, Her Late Majesty. The trouble is that those faiths are competing by their nature. Catholicism doesn't say it's one of a number you can choose. Catholicism says that the answer to everything is Jesus Christ, is our Lord Jesus Christ. And that the entirety of the Old Testament, and indeed in a broader sense, all of the old religions were blindly moving, scrabbling about, trying to find, yearning for the coming of the One. But most particularly in the Old Testament, by divine choice, um, by direct divine, divine election, the choosing of the Jewish people. And completed by this one Jew. So Christianity for a start, not just Catholicism, Christianity for a start, if it is true, and here we have another problem, if it's true to its roots, is not about to make compromises on that. Nor is it about to make, and I say this with the greatest respect, nor is it about to place our Lord Jesus Christ on the same level as any prophet. And that includes Muhammad with no disrespect to those who believe in the faith he preached. Christ is not simply a prophet, but the Son of God and the Redeemer of all mankind. So you see, that's a problem straight away. Islam, for its part, claims sincerely that it, it is the truth and demands that you resign yourself Submit to the truth. You see the problem? There's no need to go on. You could name any other number of religions. That's only the beginning of the problem. Because another part of the problem is that for a thousand years, give or take, the English crown has been a Christian institution. And the reason that the coronation is conducted in the context of a Christian ceremony is precisely because the whole institution is Christian in its origin and development. So, as indeed Ashenden repeatedly makes the point, Charles has to choose. And one suspects that he will deal with it by not choosing. Which is a very modern way of coping with this kind of thing. And which I suppose is one way for a royal family to survive in this day and age. I'm old enough to remember when Baudouin, the king of the Belgians, a devout Catholic, actually abdicated for a day rather than sign abortion into law. Yeah? 
I, I'm open to correction. My memory is that that was uh, the very late, that was the late 80s. And it caused a constitutional crisis, or almost did, and they arrived at a compromise by which he would abdicate for a day. Now, the point has been made, I think, by Peter Hitchens, that in a number of respects, the old queen did not witness to Christianity when faced with the obligation to to confirm legislation of this kind. Is that fair? It's not for me to judge. But it is a problem when a Christian institution puts survival over everything else. And the trouble is that when it puts survival over everything else, it ends up losing even survival. For he that tries to save his life, even shall he lose it. But he that loses his life for my sake shall save it. There are huge questions facing facing the monarchy in England, I'm afraid. And like Ashenden, although he deals with it at a rather higher level, like Ashenden, I would worry that yet again, uh, like so many Christian leaders, uh, the king will deal with it by kicking the ball down the street and around the yard, and in fact in any direction except towards the goal. In the Pauline sense. And it's an occasion for meditating on the extent to which most of our political leaders have done the same. There is one very eminent politician in Ireland at the moment concerning whom I am absolutely convinced that until quite recently he was a sincere, he had a sincerely pro-life approach and conviction. And I am absolutely convinced that he sold his soul on this point for power. Now people do this stuff. I'm sorry, but one is a fool if one thinks they don't. They do these things. These things really happen. These Faustian bargains do happen. So on the occasion of the King's coronation and God save his majesty and congratulations to all British people and indeed uh, all citizens of Australia and Canada and, and so on on this joyous occasion and I'm terribly sorry to rain on the parade but we live in rain-soaked islands and I have to echo Ashenden and ask the new king what do you believe? What do you believe? Where is this institution going? What is it for? Because in answering that, he probably gives a very honest analysis of the current state of English society and its, and its direction and indeed Western, Western Europe in general. So I pray that God saves the king. I pray that the king keeps praying to God to save him. I pray that the king continues to believe in God. I pray that the king witnesses to God, which is his sacred duty. What will happen? No offence to anyone, but we'll see. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>